and you're going too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's going too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far Sounds good to me. Guess we'll uh, jump right into it. So we got another episode of Hall and Snooks here. Well, we got Matt, Chris, and Dan, but still to get a, get another week's episode out. So no What's worries. Up? I feel like we're on a fucking roll. I know. Here anyway, but yeah, Chris, Chris is actually not with us this week, but Will, Will is. At, uh, the, I think the, it was Phil and Snoke here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'd say you're a regular roster first teamer. Snoker I'm, still, at this I'm point. still a sixth man. Well, yeah, it's he, like, yeah, you know, all right, like that's fair. Um, my name, I'm the only one where my name isn't in the title, you know, unless I I get considered a, a Snoke at this point through. Common well, law. you know, it's like I, you're you probably get like an honorary degree at this point. It's like you I mean, I, I'm pretty graduate. sure I can just update the uh, update. I'm one of the clones. I'm one of the ones. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we're Boba Fett's and you're like, you're just like a Commander Cody status. Yeah. Which isn't like, it's not bad. You're smoking my book. I'm just going to go ahead and like apologize in advance um, if I start fucking screaming really loud, like with seemingly no reason because I'm watching the fucking playoffs in the background on mute and say again, I don't think that will differentiate this from the other. Sure. No, I mean, that's not really much different than the normal, normal recording situation. And, and my team is actually doing well at the moment, but it's, it's like, you know, just there's a, just so that there's everyone's aware. Of just, that just, just reminded fucking... me of when we had the pizza at a celebration in Chicago, and some of my friends from college joined us, and we were having we were having some conversation, and you got so animated, and my About like what I don't know something, <laughs> whatever, pick a topic, and then uh, my friend who was sitting next to me like leaned over and he goes. Is uh, is he upset? Like, is this what's going on? I was like, don't worry, this is just <laughs> no. It's good no happening. This is Here, just... here's a funny thing. It's like I guess so. To quote Bill Burr, like he he had a joke about how like uh, his wife is like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand how you go from zero to a hundred so fast. It's like. No, I'm idling at 75 miles an hour most of the time. Like, I'm not – it's not zero to 100. I'm already at 75 just at any given moment. The other thing I would say is that, like, I think if you're around me and you don't know me very well, it's very easy to perceive me as being a very that, that was In that particular case, I, my, my comment was, he's not even upset. This is just like uh... – this is just God a damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Drew Brees just got sacked. There's a flag. Hang on. Pending. Uh, yeah. No, I'm kind of just making your point for you right there by my, like, violent outburst of, of profanity while you're trying yeah, to fucking explain how I'm not as crazy. 
but uh but yeah it's like i think it's like you said it's like for for the uninitiated person it might be like oh wow this person seems like they're just very agitated and and angry all the time but i guess what i would say is that i might seem angry okay good it was a penalty on the defense all right uh i might seem angry to the outside observer but the reality is that you don't get any I don't, less angry than that. No, no. Fuck. First of all, fuck you. Second of all, <laughs> the point being that I don't walk around feeling angry because when I get upset by something, I fucking verbalize it immediately. I let it out all the time, always. So it sounds angry, but really I'm actually zen as fuck. Because I just let that shit out. I don't hold on to it. I don't repress it. I don't internalize it. I just fucking let it out the moment it pops up in the old brain there. So it that seems sounds like angry. Uh, I have really great digestive health. I get everything out through violent diarrhea. Yeah, I have diarrhea all the time. <laughs> exactly. Basically, it's the same principle at play here. So, um, yeah. I think you, you you described it pretty pretty accurate. Well, so looking through this, uh, this is this is uh, episode one at chapter nine is is Mando on Tatooine. This is one of the best uh, best episodes I think, and uh, it's one that gives us Cobb Vanth and uh, uh, the crate Dragon journey. So yeah, that was a hard left turn, but yeah, for sure. Um, I gotta get us back on course somehow. Well, sure. I mean, you know, it's uh, you're not you're not all about segues, and that's what I appreciate about you. Um, yeah, dude. Honestly, like, if you want to, I think maybe I said it before last week when we talked about whatever. But I think as if you want to say start to finish best episode for like pacing and story and and whatever, I think this probably was my favorite episode of the season other than I'd say this probably is tied with the Ahsoka episode. Obviously we talked about like favorite moments and all that type of stuff when we, when we talked last week, but yeah, man, I think this episode is just a fucking ripper from start to finish for me. Yeah. I was uh, really excited to see um, just the resurrection of some of my Tatooine uh, species, Tatooine lore, you know, get some Gamorreans, some Weekays back in the mix, some Twi'leks, and I mean, uh, it just really, uh, you know, brought back all those, brought me back to my action figures, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, like, it, it, this like just put you in a in a, in a happy place, and it, it's just still like the longest episode. I think. Yeah, I think you're right by by like five or six minutes. Yeah, and like I I love that like the fact that they brought Cobb Vanth back, <laughs> or not back, but like just they introduced him into live action. Right. It, it's just a cool concept, and it kind of I guess it was kind of like showing you what what this season had in store like but you mean just in terms of like bringing other characters yeah just like yeah how far like it would reach into like the rest of the galaxy and but it's a right that's just like a little taste of it kind of at the be in the first one yep and i guess we do get that little boba stinger at the very end um but yeah no well i mean you you said something too i think that i i 
which I appreciate as well about the Mandalorian is, and, and I think that something that if like, look, I like the sequel trilogy a lot. It's not without its flaws. I don't think any of the trilogies or any of the movies other than maybe rogue one are like without flaws. Fuck yeah. Touchdown. All right. Sorry. Um, uh, but, uh, like one of my gripes probably about the sequel trilogy is while we do get some of these like cantina bar scenes and all these, like I think, and, and even like the casino and Canto bite and whatever, I think they go too hard in the paint about only doing fucking new shit. And it's like, cool. I know, you know, tr- creature department, I'm sure you want to do new stuff. You want to do a new creature. It's like, cool. But, but I think what, what grounds it and gives it that connective tissue is by, like Will say, like you sprinkle, okay, here's a fucking Gamorrean, here's a Rodian. And like, you know, what I appreciate about this opening scene is they have a lot of that. The fucking, the bouncer at the door is a Twi'lek, Twi'lek, whatever you want to say. Then you've got Gamorreans with fucking vibro axes throwing down in the ring. You've got some other recognizable things interspersed and then they get they get the freedom to like, they throw in some other new ones too. Like you look at John Leguizamo's fucking gangster boss character which i didn't even realize that was him until i saw the behind the scenes because he doesn't even really sound like him that much but i guess that's acting for you uh but yeah man it's like i i do appreciate that little bit of hey here's a couple things that you would recognize and then here's a bunch of other new shit around it to kind of move that needle forward which i, I do feel like that was lacking a little bit in the sequels yeah for sure um, um, what do you guys no, think of the Crate Dragon's execution? This is uh, one of my favorite sort of storylines from the Kenobi book, really sort of brought to life in terms of uh, connecting with and cooperating with the Tuscans to bring down a Crate Dragon. I feel like that's where they got that storyline idea. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, there's a lot of... I mean, the season whole, but, like, there's a lot of... I feel like there's a part of each episode that feels like a video game in in the best way possible. Yeah. Where it's just, like, this crazy little action sequence that, like, it's simple, but it's, like, it... It just feels so... Cozy, I guess? (laughs) Where it's just, like, all right, I'm buckling in. I want to see what's going to happen here. Right. It's, like, it manages to be a fairly self-contained little story, but also feel like there's some pretty high stakes at the same time. Yeah. My biggest disappointment of this episode is that they, um, it's one of the only ones that's gotten a Lego set for the new wave. And uh, I guess probably because of spoilers or maybe they didn't share enough details, but the Lego set for the new wave doesn't include, it's just Mando and a couple of Tuscan Raiders, basically. It doesn't have... Wait, is uh, there another... I guess I haven't seen that set. Like, I've only seen the Razor Crest yeah, set. It just, just got released, and then I wasn't yeah. able to pick it up because it got what, delayed. What, what does it include? So it's just, just, is it just like, figures? Are there any vehicles Mando. or anything? What? Does it, it has vehicles, though? It has a speeder bike, but not the cool, like, the, the kind of have the speeder bike scene. Oh, okay. It's Bob Vanth on a, like, remastered Anakin pod racer, right? And it 
he's not even in the set and that that bike is not there Dude, which... that's so fucked up yeah okay that's that's so funny because i didn't even know that any of that at all i didn't know there was a set but at one of my notes that i had written when i was re-watching the episode was that there needs to be a lego set of the Cobb vance speeder bike and now the fact that they're put out like that's really fucking upsetting that they put out a, and i'm looking now i'm pulling it up and looking at it right now and like yeah they put out a set of the fuck literally from the episode with the fucking big like the the big, big what do you call it? not trebuchet but the big crossbow thing yeah and the fucking mando speeder bike and i was like that's just fucking funny that i like the one note i wrote was about there needs to be a lego set of that speeder bike and i mean look i guess you could make it pretty easily yeah this, this feels like half a set like <laughs> i think i wonder whether they had some uh, restrictions or something, or like, it seems weird to first of all to have your main set for this series be only from the first episode, considering everything else. So they must have been under some pretty tight, like, non disclosure restrictions. Yeah, because the Razor Crest didn't come out till like what September? Yeah, September of yeah. this year. Of this year, of well, 2020. I'm like, that, that's almost a full year after the. Yeah, but it's disappointing that they did the Tatooine set now because, as Matt said, I think it sort of precludes them from doing a Cobb Vanth speeder bike set later, although, I mean, who knows? Maybe. Maybe there's like a mini crate Dragon that has a Cobb Vanth and... uh, That that would would have been pretty cool to see Cobb Vanth and Din Djarin in the same, same set, but... Yeah. Yeah, I remember well, I looking at the, the, this wave of Star Wars Legos, and there wasn't really much to. I've, I'm, I'm anticipating a Slave One, you know, with Old Man Boba and and Fennec uh, and everything else. So, I'm not too worried about it, but it is. Uh, that was my only gripe. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was holding off on like getting the, uh, the 40th anniversary of Slave One, but like as soon as that episode chopped with. Uh, with Boba Fett in it, it like spiked up to like 250 bucks. Yeah. Well, I think that's okay. Cause I mean, again, I think, uh, they'll drop the new one and the Legos never go down in price or whatever, but the one you really want, is going to be the, yeah, the, the new, new wave version, but they did release actually the, the one, the one decent Star Wars Lego set that's come out this year. And I just got the catalog, which is why this is fresh in my, Mine is like a master version of the Moss Eisley Cantina with like all the characters essentially. And um, it's about, I have the, the one they released previously, it's about twice as, as elaborate. Yeah, hopefully there's uh, some more reveals throughout the year for. So we got like a. Uh, a panda baba and uh you know yo can you hear me again uh, <laughs> yeah sorry i got fucking booted off and it took me a minute to reconnect whereas we were just talking about the Moss Eisley cantina lego set that they came out with which is about the only decent offering from star wars this year yeah, it's, it's real weird that, that they would put out, take all the effort to put out that set and not include the other speeder bike. It just, like you said, it's kind of a missed opportunity, but. 
Well, um, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I like honestly one of my favorite parts of the episode too. After rewatching it, was was the little opening sequence too, where there's a whole fucking fight scene in the uh, um, during the I don't know what you call it, a little death match, I guess, with the Gamorians and. Um, we talked about it a lot last week, but the fucking music, man, is so good. It's just so fucking, like, it adds so much, so many extra little layers, and especially in that opening scene. And then, you know, when he, I love when Mando rolls up to the village, too, on his speeder bike. It's all shot very much, like, you know, fucking old school, like, John Ford westerns and shit, and very very similar like the music is definitely all very evocative of that type of shit as well um yeah it's so good what's his name fucking uh oh i can't remember his fucking name some swedish name now the guy who does the music but he's fucking rad man uh ludwig goranson yeah ludwig um yeah uh Honestly, like, I'm a big fan of, of uh, you know, I mean, obviously, the, the whole Star Wars vibe is like Western plus Samurai plus space plus whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like they, they definitely touch on a lot of those themes, and this have, this one was definitely very heavily Western. Yeah. We got some of that type of shit in the first season where they have the kind of the villagers training the villagers to, like, team up against the outsiders, and in this one it was more of like, a, you know, the – the, the townsfolk teaming up with the natives and and whatnot. Um, oh yeah, you got more of the uh, talking to to sand people. Yeah, the Tuscan I, uh, <laughs> That whole area. dynamic's very interesting too, with the like indigenous population and then these other people coming in and and you know them and like Will said, you know that the that's something that I really loved in that Kenobi novel where there's so much. Uh, uh, involvement or like they, they dive in so much more into like the culture of the Tuscans and because I get really like the most we get prior to that is like episode four and then attack of the clones where like you see that there's a village and that they have like kids and and you know whatever and but and they just get fucking slaughtered and you only get anakin's perception of them which is whatever he says like they're animals and i slaughtered them like animals, and that's like all we fucking see so yeah it's cool to get to see that they're you know and there's the whole you know the whole scene with them at the the camp where where they're yeah. van. i've heard other people <laughs> speculate too that that maybe they think that possibly boba fett is is hiding out amongst that group of Tuscans in, in those scenes. Cause you know, he's got all the Tuscan weapons and whatnot. And um, yeah, I do, I do hope they go into that story more in the book of Boba Fett of like what the fuck he's been doing for five years. Cause one of the things that I really, that kind of got me at the end when I started to think about it more is, you know, if, if he has been kind of recovered for a little while, and and back on his feet and obviously you know got fennec shan back on her like why i guess my my biggest question that i don't understand i don't really haven't been able to think of a good answer to is why he wouldn't go just take his shit back from cobb vance uh you know what i mean when when he obviously sees that he's out there 
wearing it and protecting this village and what have you. I, the, the best answer I thought of was that maybe, because we do see later that he's kind of more of the more honorable version of Boba Fett. So maybe he sees that this dude is actually using it to protect this village and that he doesn't actually attempt to take it back until he sees that they're safe or what? I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of convinced he has a, a bigger plan in play. I, I don't, I don't know. Just the way the, uh, the last shot of the, or the after credit scene ended, it seems like he, 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 I, I, it's actually one of the things I'm more confused about. Cause I, I don't know when I always thought Boba Fett, he was very, much more of an anti-hero and not really too concerned about anyone else's interest. I mean, yeah, but also definitely in the old legends, they, they go very far to establish that if he has committed himself to a job or a cause or a deal, whatever the parameters of it are, that his like honor code is going to hold him to to like for instance with the whole child and the mando thing he's like look i told you that i would fucking hang around until the kid's safe and he's not safe so it's not necessarily from what i the way i've heard it described is not necessarily as much as he's like a good guy quote unquote but but more that he's if he gives his word about something he's gonna keep it whatever that means like and that might mean he commits some horrible fucking atrocities in the process to keep his word or it might mean he saves a little green baby but yeah, you know I mean, yeah, it's definitely interesting, and I, I want to find out more because, like, I, I was never a huge Boa Fett fan. I think I've, I've said that before. Right. He just seemed like this. This he had a cool, cool uh, outfit, and they never really knew what to do with him. And well, you I know, know, I think, uh, I think obviously there's been so much like expanded universe and fan attention around Boba Fett for essentially a half of a century here. Uh-huh. But in terms of high-profile Star Wars characters, he probably has the least on-screen development of any character. And so I think... I would disagree, though. In, if you watch Clone Wars, that's definitely not true. He gets okay. a lot more character development in Clone Wars, and that's still canon. Yeah, um, but you Adult can tell Boba Fett, they're, definitely. they're sort of uh, picking up... Uh, you know, essentially, that doesn't change the fact that what they're doing in the Mandalorian here is just picking up the pieces, literally, from Boba Fett in Star Wars original trilogy, which was pretty uh, limited in terms of he basically just looked cool and yeah. you know did did some minor plot point stuff. Um, and they're picking that up and trying to shape it into an interesting story. And I think most, a large percentage of the audience are not going to have the Clone Wars back story. And so they sort of are in some ways telling it from scratch. So it'd be really interesting to see where they go with them. For sure. I guess I just still struggle to, to understand if like he is obviously around in in season one because you see him come up and and find Fennec Shand, right? And then that there continues to be a long period of time where he's on Tatooine and must be aware of Cobb Vance having his armor and then chooses to not go get it back, right? I yeah. think what's probably going on is the fact that he's taking advantage of 
his apparent death to sort of lie low and sort of reconfigure in some way. So yeah, he... okay. I mean, yeah, that's that. I could see that. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely a reason why he'd go straight for Cobb Vanth with his armor, and hopefully, we uh, there's more to the story that we can find out in the Book of Boba. Right when and I I fully expect well I mean expect hope that we're gonna see Cobb Van come back in the book of Boba Fett because it's like I feel like that would be a good foil to like because he's like kind of the sheriff good guy type of you know white hat and then you've got Boba coming in with his old with the, his armor and and kind of coming in as a new crime lord I feel like it would be a, an interesting dynamic to to play out between the two of them. Um, and he even says that line at the end about like, Hey, you tell your people, I ain't the one who broke that jetpack or whatever. Like, I feel like that there could be some interesting stuff between that. And I just hope, I just want to see more Timothy Oliphant. I fucking love him. Yeah. That, like he, that's the thing. Like if I, if I would have predicted after episode one, what would happen? I would say like, Oh, Boba Fett might come back in like the very last or second to last episode. And that Cobb Vanth would be like a recurring character that he'd go in there and he kind of join his little crew on the, uh, on the razor quest. Dude, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be Especially, interesting to see. Yeah, because they did get a pretty high-profile high actor to, to play him. For real. Yeah, I oh, would dude, not I, be surprised if Cobb Banth comes back. I think that's a really strong possibility. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're, they definitely left it open and kind of set it up as if that was going to happen. And, and I don't know, I just... I'd love to see more hit, dude. I mean, as as a huge fucking fan of of shows like Deadwood and Justified, like he's just the best fucking person to play a marshal or a sheriff. Or I just rewatched uh, fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the other day too, where like he does, plays the same fucking like in so many things. He's he's just like he's a great cowboy actor and. Uh, it's kind of perfect for that role. And also, I, and, and I feel like we talked about it before, maybe, but I, I really love the cameo, too, of uh, Dan from Deadwood, who plays, like, the bartender, the Weequay bartender. He also played the bartender in Deadwood uh, on that show when they were on that show together. And, I didn't uh, watch yeah. some of the scenes. I guess I should have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like he, I I I realized at first just because of his voice, I was like, "Holy shit, is that the fucking same guy?" I mean, obviously he's covered in a fucking six inches of thick worth of makeup and and prosthetics, so it's hard hard to tell. But um, yeah, it's a cool little Deadwood reunion between uh, Seth Bullock and Dan, whatever his name is, um, and like also just all the I don't know. It's a good. It was a dope episode for little references. Like, there's a lot of like little. Jaws or like Dune and Tremors reference, obviously with the way that the whole fucking thing is played out. Um, and like Will said, you know, there's, there's stuff that alludes to the Kenobi novel and, and as well, I know Chris mentioned it last time we talked as far as some, some elements from the original Knights of the Old Republic video game where you're on Tatooine and, and you do the same thing. You you get a bunch of people together, including the like Tuskins and bounty hunters and shit. And they, plant explosives outside the crate dragon's cave and, and lure it out. And then you fucking blow it up so you can get the pearl and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, it's just, like I said, as far as one, well, just the visuals too, of, of the whole last sequence. And I, I really like the behind the scenes or that, you know, Doug Chang and some of the, 
the concept artists are talking about how they came up with some some different ideas for the crate dragon took it to john favreau and <laughs> i just i fucking love john favreau man he's so he just cracks me up and every time they took some concepts to him he's like cool but can you do it like twice as big and every time they came back he's like yeah that's awesome but do it bigger <laughs> and it's just by the time you get to the final fucking crate dragon it's just a fucking behemoth and it's so it, it it pays off really well i think in some of those last scenes where you see the scale of these little tiny ants just trying to take down this thing and and it's yeah it really sells it for me yeah i thought it was really i mean uh i think the crate dragon is could have really been screwed up <laughs> by aiming too low you know it just right um, uh, is supposed to be like it kind of in the same way that the sarlacc does where it just uh, as this uh, creature in the desert just makes the world of the viewer seem so like insignificant and whatever right they're just little bugs compared to these things basically what I really like too how they kind of it was almost seemingly some little throwaway lines, but also kind of laid the groundwork for explaining how Boba got out, right? With the fact that they mentioned that he is, that the, the crate dragon is in an empty Sarlacc pit, and it's like, well, there's no such thing, but there is if you fucking eat the Sarlacc, like, you know, so I think that it seems like a pretty obvious uh, allusion to what happened with Boba. And also, you know, they, they clearly they didn't like say it with dialogue but but like narratively or, or like whatever you want to fucking say they show how the crate dragon spits this fucking acid that just instantly dissolves people which is a super gnarly effect and i i really love those scenes where they show that but then they also establish that it doesn't dissolve beskar uh which you know oh fuck yeah Touchdown, Drew Brees is a fucking legend going up over the top like a fucking maniac at 42 years old. Sorry, I gave you fair warning in our, uh, when we st- <laughs> Uh Yeah, fuck. Uh, oh, Danny had to step away for a sec. But uh, yeah, man, fuck yeah, Drew, get some. Uh, what a legend. Oh, I don't know if that's going to count. Ooh, we'll see. That's going to hold up. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, ooh, that's not going to hold up. Ooh, he took a big shot for no reason. Um, yeah, what the fuck I was saying. But, yeah, dude, and it's, I, I really, really like that whole fucking sequence at the end. And, and <laughs> they fucking, they just, like, sacrifice that Bantha as bait and <laughs> blow the shit out of it. Um, but, hey, we're. You know, and uh, yeah, man, I I I really liked it. It it did bum me out a little bit that I got all. I remember I texted you boys like the first, you know, like right when it started. Uh, ooh, that's oh, it's not gonna count. God damn it! It's like a centimeter short of the goal line. But uh, I remember being like, oh shit, all the episodes are like fifty plus minutes. Like all of them are gonna be like, and then they and then they definitely cut it back and went back to you know being thirty, thirty five, whatever. Some of them, are. and it's fine. But it's also just like, you know, because it sounds like they they haven't really given them a directive to 
have a limit on the time as much. So I just like, I wish they would give it a little bit longer and, and just go yeah, it's a little interesting bit longer. That they're getting, it seems like they're getting a bit more variable. Yeah. And I think they're, they're, and as like a storyteller, from a storytelling point of view, I get it where they say basically like, look, we are not out to make a set length episode. We're out to tell the, the story that we are trying to tell over the course of that episode. And it ends up being whatever it ends up being. Um, we can go short, we can go long, we can do kind of whatever. So like, whatever, it's pretty much, it's a pretty fucking minor nitpick for me. My biggest nitpick actually, cause we talked about, you know, the idea of bringing characters in from the books. And, and obviously one of the main characters of the episode is, is a really kind of a, almost a throwaway character from some novels that came out a few years ago that I actually really enjoyed it. We've talked about before. It's like the, the aftermath books I think are definitely worth a read, but one of my favorite things that they do in those aftermath interludes, cause, cause in the, that's where Cobb Vanth comes from. I don't remember if you've read them or not. Will. no, I, that's the one like that. I really haven't read. So, um, yeah, a, oh, I have the first one. I can I can send it to you if you want to borrow it, and then I have the audiobooks for the other two. Um, I like the audio Star Wars audiobooks are just so fucking good. Um, it's like yeah, I mean, fun. usually if they're well narrated, the the one the one exception of that for me was the Darth Plagueis audiobook, which is just the yeah, worst but audio. that's that's before that's like pre Disney buyout. Like all the the production value and the 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 ones that have come out since the Disney buyout have all the, everyone that I've listened to has been fucking great. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, I would say that those books are definitely worth the read, but the interesting thing about those books is, is there's a story thread that follows through all the chapters, right. Where it's like about this, it's kind of like a firefly ghost crew type of deal where it's like a little ragtag group of, it's actually pretty interesting. Like as kind of a World War II dork, it's like very similar to groups who um, went to hunt down Nazis post World War II, right? It's like some rebels who are are like a special ops group of rebels who are running around the galaxy hunting down Imperials and ex Imperials in hiding, right? So I really enjoyed it from that point of view. But all that to say that in between the chapters that follow this like narrative thread about this group of, of Imperial hunters is these little interludes, which kind of just bounce around the galaxy and give you little snippets. It's where we get to see what Jar Jar Binks is up to where he's like a fucking clown or jester or some shit. Like there's all these little, you just get these little snapshots of what different characters there's some with stuff with Dengar. There's obviously the stuff with Cobb Vanth, but uh, Dengar, one of my, a great underrated and underutilized uh, original trilogy bounty hunter characters. Right. He also gets more character development in the Clone Wars. Simon Pegg does his voice. Um, yeah. But uh, some parts of the Clone Wars I haven't really watched. Yeah, there's some really dope. There's some really dope uh, Clone Wars arcs where young Boba Fett is working with like Ara Singh and Bosk and Dengar and and Embo, this other bounty hunter, like. There's some dope ones that, you, that are definitely worth a watch. Um, but, so, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters uh, is the Rancor trainer, Malakili, 
And obviously the saddest scene in all of Star Wars is when the Rancor no. dies yep. and Malakili comes out and is fucking crying and like inconsolable <laughs> and, and all that shit. So, but what I love about these aftermath interludes is that they pick up Malakili after after Jabba's palace has like, you know, fallen apart and whatever. And and maybe I'm not muddy on the timeline exactly, but but basically he want he's wandering through the desert. His life is fucking kind of aimless right now. He doesn't have a job anymore. He doesn't have a purpose. And he he comes across uh, Mos Pelgo, and he comes across uh, Cobb Vanth, who's obviously the marshal there. And and somehow or another, I can't remember the exact details, but they're like basically say, hey, you know. Uh, we have this like baby rancor that we don't really know how to take care of. And so you get to see Malakili come in and like have his like purpose in life renewed because now he gets his fucking baby rancor and he's like the only one who can take it. So the whole episode when this was happening, I'm just like, oh, where the fuck is they're got come come on, they gotta show him. Like they brought in Cobb Vance. They're definitely gonna bring in Malakili and the baby rancor. And uh I don't know if y'all ran into this guy, but at Celebration last time, there was a – maybe it was Celebration in the previous one. I, maybe I, I misremembered, I I, but I ran into a guy who, who was, like, dressed as Malakili who had a baby Rancor uh, puppet, like, around his shoulder, and it had, like, a dirty diaper on I have fucking pictures of it somewhere. Yeah, but I remember that. I, that oh, do you remember? Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, that was – I was, like – I know that's, like, a stupid, silly little thing, but it was one of those – I was like, well, they brought in Cobb Vanth, and they're in the village, and I know that, like, in the story, he's there, and so is the baby Rancor. So I was... Oh, man, baby Rancor, uh, that would get me so excited. Yeah, so, so so here's to open that if we get to see Moss Pelgo and we get to see Cobb Vanth again, that I hope that, and, and maybe in the timeline, who knows, maybe maybe Malakili shows up after the episode. I would almost guarantee the Boba Fett that that would come out. I fucking hope so, because it was one of those. Li- it was such a like short little thing, but it made me so fucking happy. And oh, I, mean, hey, I gotta say, those books are definitely worth a read. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely pass that on because I, I would like to read that. I mean, now that Boba's at uh, Jabba's palace, I mean, there's a obviously a, a Raycor habitat there, so right. <laughs> Also, like, on a total sidebar, just in terms of, like, other animal husbandry things that I found hilarious in the episode, is, like, when one of the scenes where they cut back to, uh, (laughs) they cut back to, um, the Tusken Raider camp, and the first opening shot is, uh, is a Tusken Raider brushing his Bantha's teeth with his gappy stick. Like, it's just, like, a two-second, like, throwaway (laughs) shot, but it just, it it just, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I, I remember, uh... So, have you either of you guys read the from a certain point of view? No, I I have the I have it on my I, Audible, I but Audible. I've never listened <laughs> to it yet. It's actually good because uh, for some reason, like I remember we we had a conversation with this one. I forget it was if it was this episode or the episode last season where like Din Djarin has no problem like disintegrating the Jawas, but he he says like the uh, but he has a lot of respect for Tusken Raiders. It's a little bit of like a strange like dichotomy there with like the, his desert 
species or I, desert, I, I desert have a species. theory about I have a theory about about it and it's uh, this is a term from the <laughs> television show the league uh-huh. um, I think he's a height supremacist okay <laughs> he I, hates I, I, short I'm, people as a uh, as a jaw fit as a a vertically inclined person I, I a vertically challenged I, I, I can get on board with that yeah, that's fair. Um, one scene from that book, which I remember being uh, one of the more interesting little vignettes. I mean, they have everything from like I think they have a mouse droid in the Death Star at one yeah. point. Um, but it's like uh, there's this interdroid dialogue between R two D when is it R five D four or what, what's the the other protocol droid? I think it's R4, but I forget. No, is that well, R5D4 R5. is actually makes an appearance in this episode because he's the one yeah. that yeah. doesn't buy. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, but the, that, yeah. Amy so it's, R5, it's R5D4, and he's the one. Uh, so, like while they're in the sand crawler. Yeah, he does something. Oh, like, okay. I can't remember. He like self sabotages or something so that um, that they will. The Skywalker. Oh, interesting. So R2. he, so R2 like explains the situation and he's yeah. like, bro, yeah. like you gotta like blow yourself, blow, <laughs> blow out your motivator so that I can, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and it's, I think it's pretty early in the narrative. So but, if you check that out, it's, it's a, yeah. You know, I, I, remember, I bought stories. the audio book. It's on my like Audible account. I've just never <laughs> sat down and I think it's, the, I, don't, I think it's narrated by like Will Wheaton or something. Yeah. Oh really? Well, I know. Like before that, there's like a Jawa that that like he he was in charge of wiping like the droids, the the memory of the droids, and he he like yeah. takes out like the, I guess the the memory or memory drive of of R two D two and plays it into this this little like player he has. And he's, he's like, oh, this is really important, so I'm not going to delete it. So, huh? It's like all these little things that happen that are in the in the background, but. Right. Uh, yeah, I should go. I should go listen to. You know, in an interesting, in a similar way, sounding to that is. Did y'all ever read the book Lost Stars from the New Canon? I think I. I think I tried to listen to the audiobook. I have not. It's fucking good. It's like I would give it another shot if you haven't. It. It's like I, I know some people who didn't love it, but it's it's kind of it's a really interesting story. I really liked it. Um, it's about basically like these two kids who grow up and they're you know uh pilots and they both are growing up on the same planet that's under imperial control and then you know they join the imperial academy and then one of them becomes an imperial and then one of them defects and becomes a rebel but and it's kind of about the story of these these two as they grow up but all of their their lives intersect at a lot of major events of the Star Wars trilogies from like Alderaan all the way to the Battle of Jakku. And it's pretty fucking good. It's it's written, I can't remember if it's like Claudia Gray or who it is, but it's one of the really, really good Star Wars writers. And, and it's just a really fucking well-written story. Holy shit, Jimmy Graham. Oh, okay. As time runs out, he scored a touchdown and then ran off into the locker room. All right, fuck yeah, Saints win. All right, I'm, I'll, that's the last I'm going to fucking yell. Uh, yeah, but it's definitely worth the read. It's definitely, I think, kind of under the radar for a lot of folks in terms of some of the new canon stuff. But, but like you said, it, it has some pretty interesting connective tissue and so, like some little background moments during big 
moments in the in the overall progression of the story. But yeah, um, definitely definitely worth a, a a lesson. It's yeah, I think I am probably shifting into uh, consuming expanded universe type of media for a while now. So dude, yeah, there. I mean, if if you ever want any recommends, dude, I I, I I've got a bunch from the new canon that I like. Bloodline is a really good one if you haven't listened to it. It's about Leia in her and kind of like it's maybe five years before Force Awakens. Um, that's a really good one. Yeah, I'll check that one out too. Yeah, I remember like I tried to stay on top of it like when because like the Force Awakens came out. And I saw these books that I didn't like. I, I'm not really that much of a reader. I'm actually trying to get back into reading. But uh, there, there's so much out there that, like, it's hard to know where to dive in. Real. Oh, dude, I, I have I have the audiobooks of the last three Thrawn books that I haven't even started. Like, I, I'm just, you How know, many Thrawn have, books are, like, how many actual canon Thrawn books are there now? Currently, like, at least four. Jeez. And there's more coming. I only listened to the first two, I guess. So there's so they've announced a whole nother trilogy. So there's the first one, there was like Thrawn, then there was like Thrawn Alliances, and then Thrawn something, and now then now there's now a new trilogy called the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. So to me the fact that there's already been two trilogies of canon books says they're really doing a lot with this character. And uh speaking of Thrawn. Uh, probably just like take a quick second to fucking talk about really bizarre rumor. I thought that came out this week about a potential casting for, uh, Thrawn in live action, which I don't know what y'all thought about, but, um, they're saying that there's some rumors that, uh, Robert Downey Jr. might be cast as Thrawn and, I don't really know how I feel about that. Like, I love him as an actor, and I think he's clearly very versatile and can do all kinds of shit and whatever, but I just, I was, if you would have guessed, if you would ask me, like, for the top 40 people I would have put out for that, like, it probably wouldn't have been on that list. And not because I don't think he's good, I just, like, I, I didn't, I don't know, it just never would have crossed my fucking mind. I don't know, what did, what did you guys think of that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I just I'm sure he could do it. I'm sure like it would work. But I just I feel like there's so many. When I think of D- Robert Downey Jr., I kind of think of like quirky, quippy, like not qu- calm, cool, collected, and like even keeled, as you'd expect someone to play Thrawn. Yeah, I'm not Thrawn sure is- what to think. I mean, I. I was, uh, when my first reaction was one that, like, I think physical appearance-wise, he looks right. Um, he could, you know, that's that's no trouble, I don't think. Um, the second reaction is to think through, like, what have I seen him in where he is not playing, like, a douchebag Tony Stark kind of guy. And I can't think... I mean, you could argue... I don't know. Like, you could argue that he is less of a douchebag Tony Stark guy in the Sherlock Holmes Guy Ritchie film. That was what I jumped to mind. I was like, 
I was like, oh no, because like. <laughs> but he still has some kind of like slapstick, goofy energy in those. Like, yeah. you know saying? like his energy is just usually a little more frantic and frenetic. And like you said, like Thrawn is this character that I perceive as just being so methodical and calm yeah. and collected all the time. And, and that's just not necessarily the vibe that I get from even his version of Sherlock, who is like a very methodical character. It's still a lot more actiony and, and like crazy. And he's, you know, I don't know. It's a lot more. Yeah. I, I, I do. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. I think he's a really good actor and he could totally do it, but I just, it's, it's certainly one that's a little difficult to wrap my head around. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I saw like a list of like who should play Thrawn on one of those like random movie list websites, and it was like uh, Cumber- Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, like it's funny because he Michael also Fassbender. played Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the difference think- between RDJ Sherlock and Cumberbatch Sherlock could not be greater. Like they're so- oh for sure, and I but I love both of them, but they're because yeah. they're very different. Like they're just like you said, the 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 BBC Sherlock is much more that kind of methodical, intelligent, like whatever. And not that he's not intelligent. The other one, it's just a lot more of like an act. The the other ones are more like action oriented and. And he's more of a sarcastic dickhead, and I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's, it's it, and maybe if they if we haven't seen Thrawn already on Rebels, like maybe they could kind of interpret the character yeah. a little bit differently. But like, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I'm not against it. Like, if it happens, I'm not gonna like freak out and no. be like, "That's oh, good." But but it's also like I just I don't necessarily think that it's on paper doesn't seem to be the best option. And, and, and it's also one of those things where, because it is a brand new well, to a lot of people will be a brand new character that you're bringing in and that you're bringing to live action for the first time. And, and I feel like sometimes it's hard to, as, as audience who is not familiar with that character, if you get, one of the biggest, most highest profile actors in the world, sometimes it's hard, harder to like see past. It's just like, Oh, that's Robert Downey Jr. You know what I mean? Instead of being able to see it as another character, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for Robert Downey Jr. Being part of star Wars, which is, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he brings like there, there's some, bring some baggage that would need to be overcome. You know. Yeah, but and like you said, Danny, I think he could definitely. I'd be stoked to see him show up at some point in some capacity in Star Wars. I just don't know if that's the place I would choose to do it. But turns out they don't. They're not gonna fucking ask my opinion. And and you know, I I'd say so far they haven't really steered us wrong in in terms of uh, their casting choices and and their decision making, whatever. So I'm not gonna sit here and say they don't know what they're doing. So I just yeah, I I I. I at, at first, my first reaction is like, yeah, all right, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought. It may just be, honestly, it may just be a stupid, unsubstantiated rumor. I mean, there is a yeah. 
Well, the, the title of the first going. article I saw just said fans want RDJ cast. It didn't even say like a rumor. And I think it's like it's kind of got some traction or whatever. But as far as I've seen, it's only been said fans wanting it or whatever, not necessarily like any rumors that necessarily have too much credence to them. Yeah, I mean, if you go down uh, the right rabbit hole, you'll, you'll kind of find any any rumor, and it right. The rumor mill in Star Wars is particularly yeah. bad too, and there's all true stuff in there, and there's always complete BS in there too. Well, from a I, certain point of view, exactly. But I guess there was it was kind of right about some of the things I guess with like Rosario Dawson and uh, Ahsoka. Like I think that was like one of the early. Yeah, when uh, the Tamara Morrison that came yeah. out, like they said Boba and Rex, and it turned out to just be Boba. But you know they yeah, yeah. The, uh, pretty much everything other than Grogu's name and Luke leaked in terms of cast. Yeah. Because Timothy Oliphant that leaked. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know, man. I definitely is definitely one of my favorite episodes for me. I'd say probably I'd give it like a f- fucking nine point five out of ten. If you had to, if you had to, yeah, I'll to give it a, a number to it. Put it at an eight point five. It's up there. I think I like the uh, the Bill Burr episode a little bit better, but it's definitely oh, really? one of the. Uh, the better episodes of season. I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge before I get my rating that my bar has raised incrementally over time, right? Like uh, I view this as probably a nine to a nine point five, but it is the most enjoyable te- television yeah. I've ever watched, and I now envision perfection to be something better than what it was before. <laughs> yeah. They Man, keep raising the bar and yeah, it makes the their that, jobs harder. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this episode is it was just fun. Like, pure, yeah. unadulterated Star Wars fun. Like, I think they're just because, like, the, the weight and the craziness of the stuff that happens later in the season, that's why I'm not getting it. It's almost overshadowed. It almost, yeah. Yeah. But as far as just like an episode you can put on and just watch through and just enjoy it. Right. It I would say to- if. For sure. I totally agree with that. And I would say that, like, if you would have asked me the day after I watched this episode, I would have given it a 10. And after seeing the rest of the season and all the other big reveals and all the other craziness, I, yeah, I'd say 9.5, maybe even a 9. But, but yeah, it, it like you said, it's just a fucking ripping good time. And it, it manages to give you a lot of cool shit and, and move the plot forward. But, yeah, man, I fucking – this show – is just so goddamn good. Yep. It really is. It's unbelievable. Well, fucking A, boys. Uh, that's all I got. Unless, I don't know if you got anything else you want to get into. No, I, li- I like this kind of going episode by episode of the last season. And... Right. Can give us time to kind of like rewatch it and like dive into it a little bit more because yeah we i felt like the, the last couple episodes we just had so much shit to talk about that it was like not really possible to to get into as much detail but yeah i think like the, when these episodes aired like they're 
for me, they're dropping at 3 in the morning, so I'm usually, like, watching them on my phone so I don't get spoiled by anything, like, on Twitter the next day. So right. it's good to kind of watch it without any pressure in regards to that. Right. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. No, I feel you. I definitely do. I've been doing the same where, like, I get up. I mean, I get up early as fuck no matter what, but, yeah, I'd get up and, like, make sure I watch it Friday morning before I go to work just so that there would be no chance of, of yeah. getting spoiled by anything. I've been, uh, because I've been working at home, I've been sort of sloppy with, you know, I haven't been watching things on time right away because I can sort of control my uh, media intake over the course of the day. But I think that uh, I am guessing it's only going to get worse from here in terms of, you know, the the spoilers that are come potentially coming out. So I need to get back in that routine of watching before uh, you know, next season when, when the, well, at least stay off the fucking internet. If you're not going to like, at least like don't get on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and shit. If you're not going to watch it till later in the day, when it comes out, the biggest culprit are if you, you know, I like to be on these Facebook groups that have interesting news and whatever, but like, People just people always start posting memes and spoiling yeah, shit. Yeah, Facebook and, and like YouTube, like I, I have a lot of channels on YouTube that'll like put like a little teaser thing. Dude, up. it's like, come on. So many people will put spoilers in the thumbnail picture, not even in the title. It's like they'll yeah, put it's... the big spoiler for the episode in the thumbnail. So if you just scroll past it, you just are, it's already ruined. Yeah, and a lot of times the... it's not even like a channel I'm subscribed to. It's just a Star Wars yeah, channel. It's a suggested. It's, yeah, it's know. like the algorithm is suggesting it, right? Fucking horse shit. But yeah, we'll uh, get back to this hopefully next week. If not, as soon as we can, to uh, talk about episode two. Fuck yeah, boys! All right, take All care. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go watch the Steelers game now. <laughs> yeah, it's right, just about to kick off. Go Steelers, go Saints. Talk to you. Saints won, buddy. Oh hell yeah! All right, boys, oh we'll, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. So my uh, my team is sat down for the season along with my fantasy hopes and everything. Yeah, yeah so well, Rafe, Rafe won the league, so everyone's hopes have been dashed. I made a good run the last couple weeks. I just kind of trailed off i think i think i like yeah. i had a kamara when he had that crazy game and i thought it was like a shoeing to win my playoff game but you didn't win when he had those no. fucking six <laughs> touchdowns no because oh uh he would... I, I, I don't know it i remember like Damn. seeing like how am i gonna lose this because i was still like slated to win and i think a he... who didn't him yeah, that's it, fucked. I remember. I remember when I was watching that game, Joe Buck or somebody was like, "It doesn't even matter who you're playing this week. If you have Alvin Kamara, you just won." Yeah, <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> For me, I had I, my whole team all season was just totally decimated by injuries, but by a combination of like uh, fortuitous pickups and most of the time just under performance by my opponents and whatever. I really cobbled across the finish line until with like a, a pretty decent record in like third or fourth place. And then the wheels just came off by the final game. I think I scored 50 points, but my bench had like seven that I had left on the board. <laughs> Cause like Damn. three or four of my players went out with COVID-19 the day before the game and I didn't pick up on it. And then, yeah, that happened to me with Lamar Jackson, dude. It totally fucked me. The pandemic outbreak just sort of yep. derailed me out of the playoffs. So, 
Yeah. We'll get them next year. But at least I got I got to uh, hand off the poop trophy to somebody. So. Yeah. Well, I got to actually hang on. I got to fucking look. Danny, you can go. If you got to go, you got I no worries. But I'm, I'm going <laughs> to look up right now and see who the fuck. Uh... All right. How you guys doing? Just talking about the game. Yeah, we're yeah, talking. Just, about I'm just talking about how I've been screaming at my television for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Saints so, are finally getting their shit together a little bit now towards the end here. But... I didn't realize you were a Steelers fan, did he? Yep, from uh from Steel City, so. Can, yeah, uh... bro, he's from Pittsburgh. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, for some reason, I I thought you were from Philly for some reason, so. I mean, I, I'm pretty much from Philly at this point. I've lived here for like good 15 years now, but I grew up in Pittsburgh, so you can't. Uh, if I if I join the uh, if I switch sides, I'd uh, be disowned by my family. So yeah, that's not. Dude, what I get it. It's, it's, it's like I went I went to school at Montana State, but I grew up being a Mon- University of Montana fan. I would have been fucking disowned if I would have ever been like. You know, like, oh, I'm a Bobcat fan. It's like, no, like you said, what? it's like what you grew up with. Yeah, then even the Eagles fan probably wouldn't accept me as a true Eagles fan because I was from Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's there are a lot of, like, incentive to switch loyalties, but even if you do, it's not – you don't get anything out of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a true fan. I didn't I didn't <laughs> fight through freaking fan of 30 years of uh, ineptitude and finally got the Super Bowl win a couple years ago. Right. Anyway, uh, what what do you guys want to uh, go over? Like, do you guys have anything in mind? Or I think Matt was going to walk through season two step by step here. Yeah, I don't know. I just because we had talked about like just you know like rewatching, or even if you didn't have a chance to rewatch, just kind of like going through like episode by episode, and just like talking about it in a little more depth because we just kind of ran through everything real quick on the other one and I figured we could just talk about the first episode in a little more detail and then, you know, talk about maybe the, like, uh, the uh, Robert Downey rumors a little bit and then there, you know, uh, some there's some stuff that came out about the High Republic this week and whatnot as well. But, yeah, I mean, we can get into whatever. Sounds good to me. Guess we'll... Uh... Jump right into it. 